Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather. Welcome to What Were You Thinking? I've talked to a couple of people over the years who have kept a pet duck in their house, and I consider that to be quite extraordinary since, you know, really a duck is not the easiest pet to keep indoors. They're, they're messy in a lot of ways, including the way they eat. And I once uh, was lucky enough to talk on the phone to the late, great Chris Chester, and he's author of the great book, Providence of a Sparrow. He and his wife, Rebecca, they had pet sparrows and other songbirds that they let fly free in the upstairs of their house. These birds didn't live in cages at all, but the cages were there and open if the birds felt like they needed the security. So I always thought that was pretty cool and a pretty daring way to live, but it's it's nothing com- compared to my guest today, Katrina Perkowska Sanders. Did I say that right, Katrina? Okay, we can just say Katrina Sanders. I was telling Katrina that I grew up uh, with a lot of, uh, in, in a Catholic church, Catholic grade school, and we had uh, Jaglowskis and Krupaseviches and Shibishes and a lot of folks with, with Polish names, so I should be better at uh, saying Perkowska than I am. But uh, I, I've never met anyone like Katrina before. She shares her house with 22 chickens, and that's inside the house, and various other birds and animals. Katrina has a really amazing story to tell, and it's just not—it's—it's uh, it's not just about the way she lives right now with her animals. Katrina lives in. Do you live right in New Orleans or in the New Orleans area? Uh, New Orleans area. I live in Kenner. Okay. All right. But she had to gather up her pets and leave when Hurricane Katrina struck, and she had to evacuate again during Hurricane Gustav. So. Uh, She's got some great stories. We've got a lot to talk about today, and she's a really amazing woman, and I'm so happy that I have met her on Facebook. So, hello. Hi, Katrina. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. Good. Before we talk about the hurricane and the inevitable Katrina versus Katrina comparison, I want to know what your life is like living with so many animals at very close quarters. Um, Just to do this interview, you had to barricade yourself in your daughter's bedroom, is that right? Yes, we only have one cat in her room, so that is the quietest place in the house. Yeah, at one point I might uh, ask you to step out to to where you were before because it was amazing. I I was hearing um, rooster and was that a chicken I was hearing too? Chicken, rooster, ducks. Oh, yeah. And um, starlings talking. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear the starling. Well, I may have heard the starling. It, it was it was really overpowering. It was really cool, and it's really neat. So maybe we'll we'll get some of that audio too. But um, do you have any animals that live outdoors? No. Oh, is that right? That's right. They're all inside. They um, 
they get to go outside, weather permitting, for several hours every day. And But at the end of the day, I do bring them all inside. I don't trust my neighbors, and I don't trust predators. Okay, you do have, I've seen some photos, you have quite a large pond next or on your property, don't you? Um, well, actually, we have a pond in the backyard. It's tiny, but behind my backyard is a canal. And since Hurricane Katrina tore, tore our fence down, and my husband hasn't finished putting it up, it kind of overlooks the canal. So that's what you saw in the photos and videos. Okay, but you do have a lot of visiting ducks, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. It started off with two mallards before Hurricane Katrina, and now we have about 60 mallards, 20 Muscovies. And last week, a wood duck male showed up, and this week, uh, a ring teal or ring teal with a band on its foot. And they come to my yard when I ring my Katrina bell to call them. They all come flying in, running in, or swimming in. So I've got about 80 ducks that I feed on a daily basis just outside. So they associate the bell with mealtime? Yes. Oh, that's a cool way to do it. How did you start doing that? Well, I got tired of going outside at 6 in the morning and saying, Here, ducky, ducky, ducky. <laughs> you know, my neighbors might have thought I'm crazy. So um, I remember a, a documentary about, uh, about Pavlov dogs. Yeah. So I figured I've got this Katrina bell that we use to commemorate the Hurricane Katrina anniversary. And it was just sitting there, so I said, well, why don't I try and figure out if this is actually going to work on wild ducks? And three days later, they know. Wow, it didn't take long at all. No, it didn't. And yeah. now they, they hear the bell, and they come flying in from, I guess, several blocks away. I don't know how they hear it, but they do. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the neighbors, they don't mind about the bell so much. They just would rather you weren't out there calling? Yes. I don't think they can hear the bell. Oh, okay. But the... It's just a little bell. Yeah. Well, the ducks must have pretty good hearing to be able to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. How did, how did you get started with animals? It started with one starling. When we bought this house, we bought this house on April Fool's Day 2004. Uh-oh. I told my husband, let's wait a day because if we buy it on April Fool's, our life is going to be a joke. <laughs> But we bought the house on April Fool's Day, and then the next day, I dropped my kids off at school, and I had the key in my hand, and I went to check the house out, and went in the backyard, and there was a little naked baby bird outside, and it was a European starling. Did you know what it was right away? No, I, it took me a month to find out. Okay, did but you... I was, I was going to ask you if you knew anything about birds at that time. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. All I knew was to feed it... Um, moist cat food. Okay. And that's it. Okay, so so you brought the bird into the house? Is that what happened? Yes. I took the bird with me. Well, we haven't moved into this house yet, so we were painting it and everything. So I was planning on releasing the bird as soon as it learned to fly. But she would sleep on my neck and nuzzle into my neck and just wrapped her little claws around my heart and that was it. Yeah. And that's how it started. And I told my husband a year before that, I don't ever want birds. I don't want to have pet birds. They should be outside flying free. I don't believe in keeping them in cages. And now look at me. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what made the change? I guess Malutka did. Yeah. Is that, that first European starling, she just, she was amazing. And when she started to talk, well, I wasn't expecting that. Well, what was it, though, that made you think... 
that she would be happy in the house rather than outside flying free? Because by then I had learned about imprinting, and obviously she was imprinted on me because she was always on my shoulder or on my head, and we would take her outside and she wouldn't fly off. Oh, okay. What, what would she do? She'd just sit on my shoulder. Yeah. Did she fly at all up to the tree and then, you know, back to your no. shoulder? Nope. No, she hung tight to my shoulder. Wow. And how did the one bird turn into the many birds? After we, well, my daughter's daddy called and said that they found a baby duck at work, and would I come pick it up? So I told him, sure. How long ago was this after? Uh, this was before Katrina. Okay. And um, that was Scooter, our wood duck. And that's the ones we evacuated with. And while we were living in Meridian, Mississippi, after the hurricane, I got a phone call or an email from Jackie at Starling Talk, and she said this lady in Louisiana who was about to have a baby had two starlings that she needed to find a home for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you, of course, we, we picked them up. And you already had Scooter at this point? Yes, we and, did. And how did you get Scooter? Uh, Scooter was found um, by my ex-husband's work. He worked for Oryx, the vacuum cleaner company. Yeah. And she was in the parking lot. It was raining really bad and flooding, so they had to catch the duckling before she got stepped on or run over or drowned. Mm -hmm. And it took me five hours to get there and pick her up because it was flooding all over town. Oh, boy. So um, had you intended also to keep Scooter as a pet, or were your plans to, you know, raise her and release her? At that point, I wasn't sure because... um, she was a couple of months old right before we evacuated, and after, of course, after Hurricane Katrina, it was just total chaos. Yeah. You know, getting back to New Orleans, it took us a few weeks. They wouldn't even let us in, so I stayed over there, and I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't know anything about wildlife rehabilitation um, sanctuaries at that point. Yeah, so at the, at the time that Katrina hit, uh, what animals did you have? We had Scooter. We had Malutka and um, a rabbit named Oreo and the cat Misty. Okay. And so what happened when the hurricane came? We packed up, packed up all the pet food and drove to St. Louis. And it took us 16 hours to get there. Yeah, that's a... in a hotel. (laughs) Yeah, that's a long haul. And you you found a hotel that would let you have the birds or did you kind of smuggle them in? we didn't tell them. No. We didn't tell them. No. Actually... Actually, they found out because they knew in the lobby, they saw us um, walking, they knew we were from New Orleans, and they asked us to keep keep bringing Scooter down to the lobby to show people, other guests. Really? So they they found out eventually that we also had a cat and a rabbit and and a bird, but um, initially they just saw Scooter. Yeah. And when did you start getting, you said you, uh, Jackie from, uh, what's her website? It's Starling Talk? Starling Talk, yes. Yeah, okay, I've emailed Jackie too, she's great. And, yes. um, and she told you about a couple starlings? She told me about Damar and Ducat, and said they were in Monroe, Louisiana, so my husband drove from New Orleans to Monroe to pick them up, then he drove them to Meridian where I was staying with the kids and the animals. He was staying in New Orleans in a FEMA trailer during the week because he had to work. Yeah. So he had to 
we went and made like a 10-hour drive back and forth wow. to pick them up. Wow. Then, um, then Jackie emailed me again about two or three months later about a starling baby in Metairie. And that's five minutes from our house here in New Orleans. So my husband picked her up and brought her over to Meridian. And she has wide neck, and her name is Pom Pom. And the lady that had it was planning on releasing her, but there was no way she would have survived released with um with her disabilities. What what did you say the disability was? She has wry neck. Okay, I don't know what that. Walk in circles. Her neck, her head is turned to the right. Okay. And she flies in circles, and when she gets stressed, she does somersaults. So you know. Okay. She really wasn't a candidate for release. Right. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, and. Somehow, though, that still is not too many. I mean, that's a few animals, but you, you've really made a quantum leap to where you are now. So when was it that you really started, you know, accumulating um, all these other critters, the hens and... We got Neelix, our Rhode Island Red. We went to, in 2007, this was already um, when we, our house here in New Orleans was being remodeled. We still had the FEMA trailer, and I still lived in Meridian with the kids, but I would drive down on every other weekend to visit my husband, and then he would drive down every other weekend up there. So it was Easter, and I wanted to give at least one duckling a good home because, you know, many people buy Easter ducklings and bunnies and chickens for their babies or their kids, and they really have no clue how to raise them. No, it's and terrible. Poor animals. They end up being thrown away. Right, it's so awful. I just, I just wanted to give at least one a good home. But by the time we got to the garden center, all the ducklings were gone except one. And that one that was there was dying. So my husband felt bad for me, and he didn't want us to leave empty-handed. So he said, well, why don't you pick a chick? And I was like, well, I don't know anything about chickens. You know, but the lady said they rolled out in red hens, and you'll have eggs in a few months. Well, my hen started crowing at three months. <laughs> so much for the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break, believe it or not. It's uh, halfway through already. And, and then I want to ask you what it's like uh, on a day-to-day basis to, to live with all the animals you've got. You are listening to What Were You Thinking? My guest is Katrina Perkowska-Sanders. And we're going to take a break. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. 
So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Join us every week on Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. We're your hosts, Barbara Heinrich from Good Birding and Robin Schwokas from the Leather Elves. How do I learn more about my parrots? Spread your wings and get ready to fly. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... In my car? Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm back, uh, and Katrina is back, and we are talking about her many critters. Uh, so how did Neelix do? Uh, he did fine. He slept on the bed and went everywhere with us to the stores because over in Meridian, it's a small little country town, so people already knew me. 
from bringing Scooter to the grocery store and to the chiropractor and to McDonald's. They already knew her. They would say, the duck lady's here. Yeah. The free french fries. <laughs> you know, wood ducks don't eat french fries, but I got a kick out of getting free french fries every time I went. Oh, yeah. So at this time, had you made up your mind that uh, Neelix and, and perhaps birds in general, that they would just live in the house with you rather than, you know, putting the hen outdoors? Oh, yes. Or, excuse me, the rooster. Yes, definitely. They were strictly inside. Okay. And they, they, they'd go outside supervised only, you know. I, I didn't want to take any chances. They were too special, and I've heard too many horror stories about predators getting in or, you know, bad weather or something or other happening, and I just wasn't going to take that chance with my animals. Yeah. So what animals do you have in your... Well, first of all, what, is this a, a mansion <laughs> that you've got? <laughs> Far from it. I wish. No, it's story, four bedroom. The garage was turned into a game room, and, um, well, we don't ever have time to play games. We have a little game pool table and foosball table, but most of the time the chickens hang out there because it's got the biggest window, so they sun in that room. Yeah. I don't think people really realize what wonderful birds, hens, or chickens are. I, sh I shouldn't just limit it to hens, but uh, they're, they're really fabulous birds, aren't they? Oh, they're amazing. They are amazing. They have, they have, you know how people always say, oh, bird brain. Well, somebody tells me you're a bird brain. I take it as a compliment because my two starlings, Malutka and Pom Pom, they work together to sneak food. I had a container of mealworms in the house, and one of them would pry open the lid, and then the other one would jump in. Wow. And they'd both, you know, the lid would fall down, and they'd both get stuck inside the lid, but I mean, they were happy. <laughs> they were getting all the mealworms. Yeah, that's a good place to be stuck if you're a starling. Wow. Yeah. And um, you, you told me in your email, you said, let's see if I can um, find the quote. Oh, you said, I can't eat any meals in my house without beggars and food thieves. <laughs> so, so what's that like? Well, have you seen my video on YouTube of breakfast at my house? No, I, I haven't. I saw one of you um, feeding Scooter, I believe. Scooter. Or, or Mazzotti out of a spoon. Oh, okay, right. Okay, well, no, it's nothing like that. If, if we have a plate... And we sit down, the starlings dive bomb us from the top, the chickens peck, and the ducks try to pull your pants down. <laughs> so, so, you either eat standing up or walking around, or you hide in a different room, or you go outside. Right. Now, <clears throat> at our house, we have the dining room, and that's where the birds live. And the birds do get out and fly around in the dining room, but, you know, they stay pretty much there. But it sounds like in your house, uh, do all the birds have the run of the full house? No. Um, just mainly the starlings. We have nine starlings, and all of them are my pets. I have raised a few and released them, but the ones that I have now, they're, they're the ones that get to fly around the house. We have a blue jay with a deformed leg and a grackle. Mm -hmm. Then we have the... 23 chickens. I did a count yesterday, and it's 23, not 22. Wow. And we have a bird room where all the ones I'm rehabilitating are. And so that's the, the four ducks we got a couple of weeks ago, four other ducks. We have baby doves that are injured and a woodpecker. Yeah. And those are, those are in cages in the bird room, or the ducks are in playpens. 
yeah. baby playpens. Wow. So that's quite a flock. Um, I was wondering if you would mind sort of um, taking me through a, a like what a, a typical morning is like for you. You know, after, after okay. you. Okay. Oh, that's that's yeah. I'll be more than happy. I get woken up with a starling and a grackle poking their beaks in my ear <laughs> and trying to pry my mouth open, and then. The what? hens that sleep on the bed, they jump off the headboard and land on my stomach, so that's a rude awakening. It is. Why are the birds trying to open your mouth? Because they want food. And that's their way of showing you? I guess so. They want me up, and they want me to pay attention to them. Okay. All right, so you've got the, uh, <laughs> the hens, the starling, and the grackle waking you up, so then what happens? Well, the roosters start crowing, so, well, you know, there's no sleeping with 11 roosters all throughout the house crowing <laughs> so I just get up and <laughs> go to the kitchen and when I go to the kitchen they all want their morning corn I give them some corn and so they all follow me well the starlings the chickens and some of the ducks they follow me to the kitchen and wait for me and as soon as they hear the can opener they come sliding in oh, from I... the living room they come sliding in flying in you know, running up towards me because they want to get the corn. Oh, yeah. So then I fix my breakfast, and, of course, I have to share it with all of them. Right. Then I fix baths for the ducks so I can change their playpens and get the food ready for everybody that's in cages. I have one main big, huge bowl downstairs in the dining room where the ducks and chickens and birds eat that are free, but the rest of them, you know, you have to wash the bowls and fill them and bring them and put them in the cages. So that takes a good part of my morning. Right. Then there's the laundry. Masses and masses of laundry because I don't keep them in cages with, with the bars open on the bottom because I don't want them to hurt their feet. So I have towels and washcloths and little baby receiving blankets and in the playpens I have blankets and towels. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that's got to be taken out every morning and cleaned up, and then we do it again at night. Yeah, how many how many towels do you think you go through in a day? <sighs> about 20. Wow. And yeah. then, you know, about seven blankets, um, about 40 washcloths. Mm-hmm. So the, the washing machine and the dryer is running all day, basically. Yeah. Until night. Yeah, I mean, just, just with the, we have eight birds in the house, and just with the eight birds, and these are birds in cages, it seems we're cleaning a lot. And so I, I can't even imagine what it's like, uh, you know, what you go through every day. It's a good thing I'm, I'm staying home at all day. Yeah. If we go somewhere for a few hours and come back, we got about three hours of work right off the bat. You yeah. Know, come home and everybody knows what to do. Floor laundry, food bowls, and everything else. Now, we can occasionally go on vacation if we find um, a pet sitter, and we found that the only people who can really do the job or the people who are the best at it tend to be people who were raised on a farm, and especially if they're used to, you know, large animals like, uh, you know, horses and cattle, right. they don't right. think it's too tough with our uh, outdoor ducks and geese and then the birds in the house, but you... You're pretty irreplaceable as far as your animals are concerned, I would think. Yeah, there is no vacation. No, no. We we have to take them with us, and right now I don't have a van. I had a minivan, but I was in an accident in December, 
and I'd have to get a new van, but we do have an RV, so if we do plan on going somewhere, we'll have to load them all up into the RV, which my husband still has to get fixed. But last year, we were planning on taking half of the ones we have now, well, which was all we had at the time, uh, camping in a tent for the 4th of July. Is that right? We were actually going to do it. We set up the tent out in the backyard and brought the animals out to see, you know, how they were going to do in the tent. And we were all set up to go, all packed. And then my husband and I, we, we were, on the, on the 3rd of July, we got up to go to the sporting goods store and get a few camping supplies. And our Muscovy Mazzotti, he flew down the stairs. And I had a jingle bell on the front door, and he flew down the stairs, and he hit his head on the on the bell and punctured his eye out. Oh, no. So our plans to go out of town just, you know, vanished, and we ended up having to bring him to the vet, and we didn't know what was going to happen. But on the 4th of July, the doctor called us and said he he's 90% better. The swelling went down, and he can come home the next day. So that was amazing, but we, we were planning on going um, camping, well, not camping, just for a day, because there's no way we could have taken all the ones we have now, but we were going to go visit a friend of ours that goes camping in Mississippi, and she invited us over for the day, but again, Mazzotti started coughing, so I didn't want to leave him, and we didn't go this year. Right, wow. When uh, Hurricane Gustav hit, how many animals did you have? About a third of what we have now. And you had to evacuate all of them? Yes, I did. So what did So with the RV wouldn't start, and we didn't know. We were planning on loading all the cages in the RV, but it wouldn't start, so we had to arrange and rearrange and rearrange cages in my van and Will's car for about three hours before we fit all of them in. Oh, my gosh. And that was about a third of what we have now. I'm now a volunteer for Clearwater Wildlife Sanctuary, so I started taking in animals to rehabilitate. Back then, I wasn't. I had strictly my own pets, and that was it. So where did you go to? Uh, uh, Meridian, Mississippi. We have a house there that uh, my husband inherited from his parents, and it's three hours from here. It took us 11 hours to get there. Good grief. But... Yes, it, the hurricane didn't come to New Orleans or over there. And then we were going to go back, but Hurricane Ike was right behind Hurricane Gustav. So my husband and the kids went back to New Orleans, and I stayed in Meridian because I didn't want to have to load up all the animals only to have to evacuate again next week. Right. Wow. How do sometimes male ducks and roosters aren't real good about sharing territory? And I'm wondering how your birds do. Uh, the ducks, we have, um, we have Mazzotti, who's a Muscovy, and we have Mesotawa, he's, he's, a, he's the white Muscovy, and they get along wonderful. Mm -hmm. Then there is Chuck, he's a black Cayuga, and we got him with four hands, so he thinks he's a chicken. Okay. So there's no problem there. <laughs> then we have Hector, who's disabled, so he's in the playpen in the living room with, with our disabled ducks. Well, Layla, so he's never really, he can't get around. Is he a Muscovy? No, he's a, uh, he's a white Pekin. Okay. Uh and then the roosters, um, Neelix gets to own the house, 
Quasimodo, he really, he's the handicapped one, so he doesn't do much walking around. He stays mainly on the bed or on the sofa or on his plate. Then. Um, the Cerama, he's fine. Then we have three other ones that kind of get into it a little bit. And um, I have two that have to be locked up all day. It's Mr. Spock and Kogutex. Mr. Spock was a fighting rooster that I rehabilitated, and Kogutek is a rooster that belonged to my neighbor, and my neighbor wouldn't feed him, so I would sneak in his yard for a year until they knocked on my FEMA trailer door in 2007 and just said, here, take him. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to be locked up, but he's got a um, two-story rabbit hutch. Okay. And when we, you know, when we let him run around the house, we put all the other ones up right. in different rooms. So they all get their time out and everything. And when I take them outside, we have a fenced-off area and a coop for the two roosters that can't be running around with the rest of them. So it, it works out pretty good. Wow. Well, believe it or not, we're at the half hour mark I'm going to have to have you on again because I don't think we've even scratched the surface of all the uh, animal stories that you have and the, and the wonderful work that you're doing with uh, rescues do you have a, a website or anything that you want to tell people about? I'm working on getting one off the ground it's um, kashas-arc.com okay. oh. I don't have it up and set, uh, ready just yet but my husband's helping me work on it Okay, when that happens, um, we'll we'll get the word out about it. Could you do me a favor, and could you, um, while I'm talking to you, walk into the part of the house <laughs> where we can hear the animals? Okay. Is that all right? All I have to do is open the door and step out of my daughter's room. Okay. I'm going to the bird room. Oh, I hear it. That's great. Okay, well, with that noise in the background, I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye for this week. You've been listening to What Were You Thinking? And uh, thanks to our producer Mark, and thanks so much to my guest Katrina Perkowska Sanders. Thanks, Katrina. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions: Where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all. What were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>